0: What is going on, everybody, out there in BW Sports World? This is your man's the one, and this is the state of basketball. Um, <laughs> as you can see, I am joined by um, our new guest host, uh permanent guest host, or our co host, however you want to call it. We got Mr. Big Storm hanging in with us. What's going on, Storm?
1: What's going on, young world? Just ready to talk about the event of the day. I'm very excited. So no more pleasantries. Let's get it.
0: All right. No more pleasantries. As you want to know what he is talking about, we're talking about the trade that just uh came across pretty much all of you basketball people's phones. The trade for James Harding going to the Brooklyn nets now you wonder why we want to jump in on this conversation immediately and not wait for our show to come out on sunday the reason why is because it involves the hometown team the pacers and this is probably one of the main things we want to discuss uh, about this trade is how it affects here the hometown team and maybe a little bit about brooklyn don't really care too much about Cleveland. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, here's the deal um, three, one, two, three, four team deal, which says Harding Harden from the Rockets to the Nets for, and then the Rockets get Victor Oladipo, Dante Exum. I'm not going to, um, Butcher the foreign boy's name. Three Brooklyn first rounders picks, 22, 24, 26, and a Milwaukee first round unprotected pick in 22. And what? Four Brooklyn first round swaps. 21, 23, 25, 27. (laughs) Nets get Harden. Pacers get Karis LeVert and a second rounder. And the Cavs get Jared Allen and uh, on Prince. What you got on that?
1: Okay, so um, (laughs) I'm definitely impressed by the move. Um, Oladipo didn't want to be here, right? And that can definitely be a cancer on your team. So if you can move him and get someone equal or the potential to be better, make the move. Uh, you don't want to be in a position where you're not getting anything from for him. Um, so I like the fact that they went and got Levert. Levert is, what, two years younger than him. Uh, he's got two more years left on his contract, plus uh, the remainder of this year. Uh, I feel like he can get buckets. Um couple people I've heard already is talking about his defense. Uh, I feel like he plays good off-the-ball defense, uh, but defense is a matter of will. So I feel like if he wills it, he can do it. And uh, hopefully this is an opportunity for him to show what exactly he can do with that uh, Michigan upbringing that he has.
0: Yes. Um, Michigan Go Blue is always a Go Blue scenario in this uh, podcast is it wasn't intended but that's the way it's gonna be so you like it or love it. <laughs> <laughs> Notice how to give you an option but to like it or love it. So right. um but when it comes to Karis Levert coming here, I think it's a great move on the defensive side of the ball. I don't think it's going to be too much of a difference from Dick Victor's playing defense. So don't really I mean I know Victor got into the league because he was a defensive player, but I think Scheme defense kind of helped him out a little bit as it came into the league as well as it did in IU. Um, On the ball defense in the NBA is virtually impossible. It's all scheme defense at this point uh, when you get to that level. So how well he fits in with the the fit or you say the scheme of the defensive plan, I think it'll be fine because, like you said, he is excellent off the ball, excellent team defense. Excellent in shooting the gaps or the passing lanes, if you will. So I like that move. And I want to check with that because I know I think I did something with him when I was talking about contracts because I think he signed a team-friendly deal. So I think he's got more than two years. I two think years had, and the rest of this year. Two years and so. It's three. So I, I'm thinking he's, I was thinking he had four total when he signed that deal. I think it was a four-year deal for – uh, what was it? I, I had it written. I did a show on it a couple weeks ago. So I, I'm going to check the years that they have him, but he's not going to be a cancer to your team. That's the whole biggest thing with Victor. I'm not really sure that I would think what Steven, um, our, our wrestling guy <clears throat> is what he had to say. Um, I don't really know if Victor really, really, really got big time. I know that a lot of stuff happened. To him big time wise while he was here, you know, um the singing with the stars or the mass singer, whatever the thing he was, you know, you're working on your CD or whatever. I know all those things are going on that happens when you're doing well in certain situations. I'm not really sure that I think he went big time as in his head got big, because if you were here, the car commercials that he was doing was not a big-time car dealership. So <laughs> I'm just going to put it out there. You're doing luxury used cars, bro. You're not even Bill Estes. You, you know what I mean? So,
1: <laughs> Really, I feel like what you're trying to say is uh, he was big time in a small market.
0: And big time in a small market. Exactly. You know what I mean? Um, now, we heard the conflicting, you know, reports from ending of last season, the bubble, and over the off season, you know, about him saying or people hearing him say that he wanted to play for other team. Don't know if it was a joke or not. Who knows? You know I mean? I know he, it seemed like he burnt bridges and then you have, you know, the new coach and it feels a little different. And so now he kind of retracts his statements a little bit or says he didn't say them and he wants to be a part of the team, blah, 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 blah. blah. You know what I'm saying? But my whole thing with that whole issue is I'm not getting like you got Dan here saying it. Jordan, our buddy, uh, Tyree, the Purdue guy, Pacer fan. They've all said it like they want to blame these players. I'm not blaming the players. I'm not. Not with this organization. This organization over time has proven they are not willing to win. And I say that because they don't pay the right people.
1: You know what I mean? What they they do is they will not, will not go into the luxury tax. And unfortunately, (laughs) I feel like to win in this uh, day and age of NBA basketball, you have to dip into that luxury tax. Especially since, unfortunately, Indiana is not necessarily a destination for your superstars. Uh, You definitely need to have one here first that can draw people like a LeBron drawing people to Cleveland uh, and things of that nature. But they are not willing to spend. They are okay with being uh middle of the road, make the playoffs, just keep people coming to the stands, keep getting them checks. Uh, it's unfortunate for the fans, the true fans like me, who's been watching this since the eighties. Uh, the last time we got a uh, first five pick was Rick Smith's. And That's wouldn't you know it? Rick Smith's made it to the finals. And that was the B- last L- time. <laughs> That was the last time we ever was in, uh, got a top five pick. So they're not even trying to do that. Just middle of the road, keep people coming to the games and just keep cashing checks.
0: Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just that people want to keep putting the stardom or the issues with stars on organizations on the player. A lot of the times it's not the player. It's the organization. You know, and I keep going with that. And, and it comes down to, with this organization, it comes down to money. They will spend it at times, but just not on the right people. You know what I'm saying? You pay Austin Crozier $144 million or whatever He's still his contract is. You know still what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't know, pay those guys. You know what I'm saying? Guys that at points in their careers before they were red or before they were. At that cusp of being superstars, they have proclaimed that they wanted to be here. They love playing here. This is a place that people, once you get here, you love to play here because it's a basketball atmosphere. State of basketball. You know what I mean? That's what it is. But if you're not willing to accept the burden of paying a superstar or a budding superstar to attract attract talent, they're going to leave. And all of them have said at some point in time, "Hey, I want to be here. I want to build this market. I want to do this." But if you ain't talking the right money, and somebody else is, I'm going to (laughs) leave. You said I like what the Pacers' uh, victors
1: with John Wall now, right?
0: Oh yeah. Oh, that's amazing. That that's going to be terrible. John Wall at DeMarcus Cousins. Uh this is our buddy um over at uh, Dynasty Bros. <laughs> I like what the Pacers did. We uh we not winning a chip or a ship no time soon. So no point in trying and tying money up with Depot. I, I mean I get it. You know what I'm saying?
1: I don't think I don't think Depot would have signed. And I felt like he'd have left us high and dry. So at least we got younger, a little taller. And similar skill sets with that. So I, I definitely like the move of making sure we have something because there's no guarantee the depot was gonna sign.
0: Oh uh, yeah, there was no guarantee at all. And again, I am on this Karis Levert side more than if because if he's a Michigan player, but if you saw his progression at Michigan, how he improved every single year that he was there, went to the uh the championship game. Led that team just to points away from being a national championship. And everywhere he's been in the league, he's always been a worker. Always been a worker. And if you've been paying attention to the bubble ball last year, the end of the season, and this season, I mean, the boy, the young man scores buckets, and he's a team guy. He already –
1: You know who he reminds me of? A young Jamal Crawford. I like it. He's potential to be another Jamal
0: Crawford. I look at Victor. I look at um, in this situation, I look at Karis Levert at being exactly what you need. I think he is a perfect fit, be a perfect mix between Victor Oladipo and T.J. Warren. That you that get him, I think. I think Karis Levert is a perfect mix between Victor Oladipo, Oladipo, and uh T.J. Warren. You got them all yeah. in one package. Yeah
1: he can shoot the three and he definitely takes it to the hole it's not to the point where he's just sitting back and shooting threes he's very aggressive going to the paint, getting fouls which is definitely needed in today's game you want to put fouls on people you want to get easy baskets and uh i don't know if you remember last year me and you went to a brooklyn game uh and LeVert was giving it to us you giving remember it. that Give it, it was it. me you giving it to us giving it, it. <laughs>
0: I man, go blue every time. <laughs> every I'm, time. I mean, his mid range game is outstanding. You know what I mean? And you pair that with um, – I don't even – I guess we can jump ship or equipment and talk about um, uh, uh, Brooklyn. You know, you – you. I mean, if he just stayed there, you could have paired that thing with Dinwiddie and things like that like they were trying to do, but Dinwiddie got hurt. So, um, you know, he's a good fit. But if you put him here with Malcolm Brogdon – uh, the holidays, uh, uh, the way that they are keeping Sabonis and Turner together, that is great work.
1: <laughs> and then, great work for the Pacers. And then Lamb should be coming back in the next two months. Not sure what to expect from him quite yet. I know in his early years he had great potential, but I just, I don't think I've seen him max out on it yet. So hopefully. Uh, during this rehab, he's been, you know, putting in work, and and we'll see that product when he comes back. I'm just a little, little, I don't know about Jeremy Lamb quite yet.
0: Yeah, he's got a lot of talent, but we'll see how that goes. But we'll talk about the person more as we get along with our normal show uh, that airs uh, pre-recorded for now on Sunday mornings at uh, 9 a.m. But before we jump off here, I want to make sure we talk about this Brooklyn side of it. Obviously, they've been in the news a lot lately when it comes to this basketball thing and the mental state of Kyrie Irving with this party, without the party, uh, just didn't want to play, all these type of things. We still haven't heard anything from Kevin Durant on it. They're supposed to be buddies. Are they talking? Whatever. But then you bring in another temperamental, you know, media-soaking, ball-hogging-type player. There was a reason why Kevin, I mean, he left, uh, not Kevin, but uh, James left OKC and Kevin left all the other places, and then you're going to put them right back together. If Kyrie's middle state is there, there's not, I mean, that's a big three, but I don't think, that they mix well. All the other big threes had three individual parts that fit well together. These are all three of the same different
1: sizes, but the same player. So uh I got a question for you. Do you feel like you will hear more stories about the Nets on the court or off the court? Um, I'm going to
0: take the over on off the court. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to take yes, the over.
1: I feel like that, in the end, is going to be the problem. Uh, Too much going on. Too much individuality. Um, I don't know if they can bring that together. Uh, If they do, though, bring it together, it's going to be on KD. KD is going to have to try to bring this thing together. Kind of like um, with... um, Oh, my gosh. Curry did when he went to Golden State. Curry was able... Uh, to sit back, bring everyone together, and then they got those chips. Uh, I feel like they both need to get together and stay healthy because you have to be on the court to play and win. So you can't be at bars and parties uh, with masks off and then not being able to play. So that never helps the situation either. I'm sorry it's the times we live in. I know it's not the greatest, but how bad do you want it at the end of the day? Do you want it bad enough to mask up or not?
0: Exactly. But one thing I want to say, I don't think it was all Curry. I think it was more Kerr. Or did you say Kerr, and I just thought you said Curry. No, I said
1: Curry. Uh, Kerr, I'm not sure, but I definitely feel like Curry had to buy in because when he stepped back, he was uh, the face of the league. He was a budding, super-duper star up there being talked about. And then KD got there, and he did take those steps back. He did give up those MVPs. He did
0: take less shots. Yeah, he did. I will give you that. I but I still think Kerr had a lot to do with that mindset. That Curry was if one, Curry had already won. Two, he had already been MVP. So it's easy to step back. But three, you know, Curry has not, that not, that not field. Not
1: MVP, not
0: finals. Yeah, he had won that, but yeah, you weren't gonna get that, bro. Durant was not giving that up. And one, Curry is from the from the the uh. <laughs> He's from the the Phil Jackson lineage, where they do that weird subliminal messaging type shit. Like he might have gave some some flashes of light to Steph Curry, and he just, oh yeah, I think I'll buy into it. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that happening, but I mean, all in all, I think I it know, is like it, you said.
1: They was winning with. Uh... They were winning with uh, Bill Walton's son. So I feel like at some point the talent is so big, there's a reason why Phil wasn't coaching no bums. He only <laughs> coached with the great players. So don't forget to add that in there. With it, I know you got to coach egos, but it's easier to coach egos egos of uh, great players than uh, egos of your Sacramento Kings.
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes <laughs> yes but anyway um we will uh see three ball dominant what is this is our buddies over at dynasty bro these are our fantasy football buddies uh three ball dominant guys curious to see how the chemistry plays out Steve Nash really doesn't have to call plays now uh I agree there's no reason to call plays I'
1: play in the first place.
0: Oh, what Kyrie said he wouldn't coach it anyway. (laughs) 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 I don't know, but I
1: think he was going to do what Cartman said. Uh, I do what I want.
0: I do what I want, but needless to say, it's going to be a really interesting uh, set of news headlines coming out of New York for the remainder of this NBA season. So stay tuned. I'm sure that is going to be extremely comical, and we are going to talk about it every single step of the way. Um, And I am really intrigued and and really, really intrigued to how this Pacer thing is going to work because they were playing good ball, and you really got a solid piece to add to a lot of stuff going forward. So I'm really intrigued about that. And
1: yep, uh, you guys think also... Last night, that was awesome. Go ahead. Yep, that was really awesome. How they beat Golden State last night. um I'm intrigued. I feel like it's how well LaVert accepts it. I'm not sure his feelings on it. I haven't seen anything come across, but I feel like that matters. If you come in here in the mindset of this is my opportunity to open up and show and not kind of get. A little sad that you're leaving a team that was pretty much stacked as long as everybody stayed together. I feel like it depends on him. Uh, I know that I feel like we'll be open arms to him. Uh, We definitely understand what he can provide for us, and hopefully what he has left in his contract, he'll want to stay.
0: I understand that. And um, I will say this, uh, with Karis LeVert being a Michigan man and now a Pacer, there is a very good chance the Karras might be my first Pacer jersey in 30-plus years. <laughs> but that's all we have here for you today. Don't want to take too much of your time. Um, signing off for my man over here, Big Storm, myself the one. This is the State of Basketball. This is a BW Sports 1 original podcast, and we will see you guys this Sunday, 9 o'clock a.m., pre-recorded. We are out. Guess I got to hit the button first.
1: Usually.